Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Recognizing that what and how parents choose to feed their newborns and toddlers goes way beyond just nutrition. Gerber undertook an ambitious investigation into universal pressures that caregivers face with an eye towards better supporting them as they navigate the crucial first 1,000 days of their children's lives. During this period, what expecting and nursing mothers eat and feed their children has an outsized impact on the development of their babies' brains and bodies, which is why understanding what influences parents is essential for food manufacturers public health advocates, policymakers, and other stakeholders so that collectively they can ensure more children lead healthier and happier lives in the future. With this premise and the hypothesis that happier parents raise happier babies, Gerber tapped the consultancy agency Kantar to survey and analyze the responses of nearly 9,000 parents in 16 countries in 2020, about the extent to which they believe parenting today is easy, full of challenges outside of their control, and whether they feel supported as a caregiver. The result is the Parenting Index, a first-of-its-kind framework for understanding the experience of parenting around the world today and a roadmap for finding solutions to shared pain points. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Nestle Senior Vice President and Head of Nutrition, Thierry Filahato, shares some surprising insights from the Parenting Index, how the findings are influencing Nestle's approach to product innovation and consumer communication, and what more other industry players and stakeholders can do to better support parents. But before we take a look at the Parenting Index, I want to flag for you that registration is now open for Food Navigator USA's fourth Food for Kids Summit, a free two-day virtual event at which you will hear directly from parents about their experiences and approaches to feeding their children. You'll also hear from leading and emerging brands in the children's food segment, public health advocates, and other stakeholders about the importance of nutrition during the first 1,000 days of life, as well as the marketing potential for innovative products catering to children's and families' needs during this time. So since Gerber was founded more than 150 years ago, it has focused on meeting the nutritional needs of infants and babies with safe, high-quality products. But three years ago, when the Nestle team was considering how the marketplace was evolving and how to fill unmet needs, a simple question about parents' impact on children's nutrition revealed potential white space. But as explained, before Nestle and Gerber could meet this demand, they needed to better understand it, giving birth to the idea for the Parenting Index. Every year we we go out in the mountains for strategic planning, you know, uh, we call that uh, the retreat, and we, we go in the mountains, and it helps to have a nice view and and, and, and nice landscapes to, to think about the future. And three years ago, we, we did that, and we were reflecting on the purpose of our business, okay? And historically, the purpose of our business has been based on one very simple thing, the baby. 
And, and since uh, the beginning of the company, 150 years ago, we have been after that, you know, nutritional needs of the baby, mostly, uh, both in terms of uh, infant formula or in terms of baby food. So that was the core, the core of it. And uh, during the discussion, we, we, we looked at, you know, how to go forward, how to to evolve and and one of the participants say but what about the parents was a nice question and we say yeah it's true uh, parenting is important for babies and and happy parents make happy babies and the reverse is true too so in fact we thought about our purpose which was originally uh, nurturing a healthier generation that was all motto on everything we did but uh, that day we thought about including supporting parents for for a healthier future so not only let's say the uh, nurturing babies and toddlers but also supporting parents for healthier life a healthier future so we said but what do we know about parents and we probably had a lot of intuitions, but didn't know much. And that's how it all started. We said, okay, if parenting is important, let, let's have a look at the data. And we had a sort of look at the, the literature. There was a lot, but nothing really actionable. And, and above all, nothing that could allow us to, to rank, uh, let's say, countries around best practices, etc. because our idea was, and our uh, hypothesis was happy parents make happy babies. So we said, how can we measure this ease of parenting? And that's how we engage with uh, Kantar and, and, and we decided to do this study uh, in 16 countries and uh, with a, a sufficient uh, statistical base to allow us uh, to, to make comparisons and, and also to uh, even predict some, some, some elements. Gerber assumed that one of the biggest pain points for new parents would be selecting an infant formula or baby food to feed their children. But the research revealed this was actually one of the easiest aspects of parenthood. Rather, the top parenting pain points include internal and external pressures, finances, employer support, the perception of an easy baby, access to health and well-being resources, a supportive environment, shared parenting, and parenting confidence. In the U.S., parents feel generally positive and recognize that they have good access to health and well-being resources, but like parents around the world, they do suffer from external and internal pressures, which many report are magnified by social media. What was a paradox to us was uh, actually uh, in a society like the U.S. one, which is hyper-connected, you know, I, I think uh, it's probably, especially the last years, uh, we have been able to see every day uh, hundreds of uh, tweets from, you know, the top of uh, government. And so in a hyper-connected society, um, for us, what was uh, very interesting is to see the opposition between that connectivity and and this loneliness uh, feeling that, 
that you could find. And uh, th that is a paradox that uh, we actually uh, wanted to dig further into. There is a lot to be made on shaming online, for instance. We could see that this has a, a huge impact on, on, on young parents. Uh, let's say the, the, the necessity to follow a model and, and you know, you see huge uh, animation and debate on that on, on social, uh, uh, social media. Uh, and I think there is, uh, there is a job to be made in partnership with some uh, operators of uh, social networks to help uh, reduce this sense of guilt that we have identified. Because the, let's say, the, uh, the, the, the main association with uh, loneliness and, and difficulty in living your own uh, parental style, if you want, is, is uh, uh, which also brings sometimes uh, the, the, uh, the baby blues feeling, which is quite high in the US because it's 40% versus an average of 25% globally. So there is something here. So I, I think here we have concrete solutions to, to develop uh, and we have some, some ideas of partnership uh, in that domain, which I can't uh, can talk about, but uh, that that could help in the future to reduce this uh, this element of uh, let's say social media pressure. It's uh, it's very important. It's like I said, the first criteria that uh, that explains this ease of parenting. So we should have a look uh, at uh, at that in detail and try to limit as much as we can. Uh, this, this element and, and so that people are at ease with the choice they make uh, with the way they want to raise their children. These insights are really important for marketers and public health advocates hoping to connect with new parents as they shine a light on the current digital landscape and the type of positive messaging and reinforcement to which parents might best respond. Gerber also is exploring how it can use these insights to offer more creative ways to alleviate pressure on parents. For example, by creating an AI-powered service that decodes what babies' cries may mean. We are planning to have tools that allow uh, parents to uh, better understand, uh, for instance, how a baby cries. You know, to understand the significance of, of the Christ. So it's uh, AI powered. Uh, but it's true that it's one of the pain points in the, is when the child, for instance, is, is crying. You never know as a young parent. With experience, you improve and, and there is a kind of experience curve. But you would like to know um, if, if what you are experiencing is really something difficult for the child or not. And uh, it can also be uh, uh, creating a bit of a panic for some parents, etc. So this is one of the, uh, the new services we, we are looking at with um, a Greek uh, startup and, and to have a look at um, 
how we can help parents feel more comfortable with uh, with uh, let's say the the cry uh, type if you want of the child so that's very concrete and that's very uh, typically that's a real help now the validation of that for legal reason is a bit more complex uh, than we originally thought because we obviously we, we don't want uh, uh, let's say mistakes in that matter because if the child is really having a, a trouble, uh, we don't want that our system tells the mother everything. The parenting index also revealed that many parents in the U.S. place a premium on financial resilience and work-life balance. The second of which many feel they do not have. If you take a global average. Financial resilience, which is uh, the second uh, criteria uh, by importance. Uh, let's say in the world, people say at 62% that uh, raising a child has a strong impact on family finances. Okay, uh, in the US, it's much higher, it's 81%, so almost 20 points more. So, so which means, um, it is uh, for the, the US uh, parents. A key preoccupation. So uh, here, of course, you have uh, many elements uh, that come into play. Uh, if you want to compare with Sweden, where all, let's say, the child care is free uh, and is, is a given, education is free, uh, social services are free, crash and all these things. Uh, um, let's say uh, uh, where uh, both parents can can come and uh, and take uh, up to eighteen months uh, paid leave, etc. So, uh, of course, uh, when you have paid leave, free services, free schooling, etc., with high quality services, you have the best of uh, uh, the world. So, in in the U.S., there was no preoccupation at all. Uh, on on let's say having access to good health and uh, and and uh, hospitals and and doctors etc. There was no problem on that, but it looks like um, yes, the cost of raising a child and giving the, the child uh, uh, the right uh, education, the right childcare etc. Uh, is uh, yeah is is an important factor and. Uh, probably is uh, relatively uh, important compared to the uh, average uh, revenue of the family. So, so this is a point, of course, where a company cannot, uh, let's say, influence so much because uh, you know uh, this is really a societal uh, decision. But at least by raising the uh, awareness about this factor, uh, I think we can help. Uh, governmental bodies, uh, institutions, uh, NGOs, uh, to bring that, uh, let's say, higher in the agenda of uh, parenting, you know. So uh, we don't have the solutions, but we can help build solutions around that. While Nestle cannot directly influence federal policies or those of other businesses related to parental leave, it has leaned on this research to lead by example. So in 2019, it expanded its parent support leave for primary caregivers from 14 to 18 fully paid weeks 
extended leave for the parent who is not designated as the primary caregiver from one week up to four fully paid weeks, and increased leave eligibility for adoptive parents of a minor child from under one year to age 18. Another major pain point for American parents revealed by the study was a drastic imbalance in shared parenting, which only 51% of U.S. parents perceived as equally distributed in their household. One factor that is indeed very influential in the, the fact that you are a happy parent or not, which is called this uh, shared parenting. So the, the kind of balance between the two partners in, in, uh, in sharing the burden, if you want, sharing the joys and burden of, of parenting. And, and they were uh, showing us some results and trying to, to find correlations. And that's the, the job of those statistical uh, analysis and, and fa- uh, factor analysis. And uh, on the factor of uh, shared parenting, uh, what they found, and that is astonishing, but it is not yet published, so I say to you, but is that one of the main factors that they explained on not shared parenting is what they call uh, what they call the masculinity index. It's a strange beast that was invented by a by a uh, social psychologist, a Dutch guy uh, in the in the eighties, who was worked Hofstede, Hert Hofstede, that's his name, and he, he, he class he classes if you want uh, societies around their values, okay, and he has six factors, etc. I'm not a specialist of that, but this masculinity index is if you want uh, an index that opposes two dimensions, one. Uh, uh, a very high masculinity index, if you want, a part is what they call a preference for a society, for achievement, heroism, assertiveness, and material uh, reward for success. That's one pole. And on the other pole, uh, you, you have a preference for uh, cooperation, uh, modesty, caring for the weak, and, and quality of life. And on one side, you have, let's say, to the extreme, you have countries like Saudi, Nigeria, Romania, and the US, for instance. And on the other side of the spectrum, you have Sweden, still the highest, uh, let's say, in cooperation, modesty, caring for the extra, Spain, Israel, and, and, and China. So very interesting data. When we were looking at this data, all the team was uh, yeah, really uh, finding some some great reasons to, to love sometimes because you have also some verbatims, etc. But it's interesting, you know, that uh, many factors influence uh, the approach to parenting and some of them are very, very cultural. And uh, we, we have to take that into account to, to help uh, parents because they don't come all from the same, let's say, uh, societal environment. This factor is something I want to dig into uh, because here again, um, there is a cultural element that will, uh, that will take time to change. But if you don't change it uh, or make it, let's say, evolve, uh, you will still have this uh, feeling of not shared parenting. And, and, and you know, if really uh, you are too to handle the pressure, you are much stronger than when you are alone.
and uh, I think that's the learning uh, improve uh, and and help people share these parenting uh, joys and and and, and challenges uh, to 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 live in better harmony and to feel uh, you know happy uh, in in their parenting life, uh, which is a big beginning of for the child when he feels uh, loved and, and, and happy parents, he will develop probably uh, more confidence and, and, and more capacity to, uh, let's say, to, uh, to win in the world. So this is one place where uh, next year we will come out with a, a follow-up of this uh, parenting index with a deep dive on matters like loneliness, uh, like shared parenting. And, and uh, the year after, we'll do another parenting index to see how it evolves. But, but every year, we want to bring in a different angle, a different um, éclairage, we say in French, a different light on, uh, on, on those parenting, uh, let's say, dimensions that are so fascinating. And then we want to bring our, uh, let's say, our uh, experience and global scope to uh, to understand it better. Gerber does not plan to solve for all of these problems on its own. And in some cases, the best it can do is flag the pain points for other more experienced or appropriate stakeholders to address. But it does plan on paying closer attention to parents' needs going forward, signaling a major shift in the company's mission. One of the learning that uh, the learnings that we, we got from this study is really about this saying, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And, and uh, it's more true than I thought. So in, in the services that we are going to, to provide, of course, not everything will come from Nestle because we, we are not, let's say, uh, competent on many things. But giving access to that information and giving, uh, let's say, uh, open links to providers of those services is going to be a way to provide a 360 solution for parents according to their needs, which we cannot uh, we cannot do by our, by ourselves alone. So it's really this idea of bringing the village around our, uh, let's say, ecosystem. Uh, if you want. We said if our mission and our purpose is about baby and also supporting the parents to, to help them uh, raise a healthier child, we have to, to look at these things. And, and uh, therefore, product and services uh, become core. And we evolve from uh, the traditional manufacturers' uh, issues to, you know, a business that has also a responsibility in helping uh, parents do their job correctly. And, and uh, this is a big change in the mind of the company, of the, the business teams, uh, uh, also uh, much richer in terms of emotional uh, territory, but also allowing us to uh, to create more bonds uh, with our uh, with our customers, uh, we don't speak anymore about consumers actually uh, for many years, and we really think customer. And a customer 
you serve the customer with an attention to detail, with an understanding of of their needs that 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 goes beyond safety and beyond uh, pure quality. You have to go much further, uh, um, uh, much uh, with a much broader eye. So really, it's a big change of focus for the full company. In our case, it's really uh, the discovery of a new uh, frontier, if you want. As noted, Gerber has made available in detail the findings of the Parenting Index on its website for anyone to download. And I encourage you to do so because it's rich in data that reveals not just parents' pain points, but also market opportunities and insights for connecting with a powerful demographic group. And if you're interested in learning more from Gerber and others about developments in the children's nutrition, market trends, or connecting with others in the space, I encourage you to register and attend our virtual Food for Kids Summit. The event is free and will take place over two days, November 10th, when we take a deep dive into early childhood nutrition, and November 17th, when we explore children's snack space. You can learn more and register at foodnavigatorusasummit.com. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.